This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Fix with me, Jamie Home. On tonight's show, we're going to focus on the big game tomorrow between Manchester United and Liverpool. We're going to discuss some of the talking points that have come off the back of United's defeat last night to Leicester and what that means for Liverpool's fading hopes of making the top four. So joining me tonight, I have Grizz and Pete. And to give us United's perspective, we're delighted to have Adam from Adamatic TV back on with us. Now, before I bring the lads in, quick show. Shout out to footballprizes.co.uk. This week's prize is a signed and framed Trent Alexander-Arnold shirt. It's six ninety five to enter. There are 99 tickets available and the offer ends next Wednesday. So all details will be posted in the show description below. Do go check them out. Now, Grizz, I'm going to come to you first. And before we dive into all things Liverpool and United, Chelsea are currently losing to Arsenal. Is that door... Of a top four finish still open, or am I still getting myself giddy over nothing? Look, I was hoping you don't come to me first because I'm just watching <laughs> the last two minutes. <laughs> I'm just literally watching the last two minutes of it. Look, um, it's the it's the most bizarre season ever, isn't it, Jamie? Like, what what, what can we say? What what can we talk? What can we say that's not already been said? What can we predict that you you know it's simple, it's simply difficult to predict anything this season. I mean, who'd have thought? You know, Sorry, Eunice. Eunice makes a good point there. Sorry, he says don't jinx. No, I, no, I, no I, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I, I won't because I genuinely, look, I genuinely think it's a massive tall order for us. Still, it is, and it's not about the other teams as we were discussing off here. It's not about the other teams doing us favors and looking out for other teams' fixtures like we have been doing for the last month or so. It's bloody us. Like you know, we're the ones that have dropped sloppy points, like. Fair play to us, right? Last six games, we're on top of the form table, right? And it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't seem like it. But even those two points, that two games where we've dropped points, that probably going to come back to haunt us. Um, 
But it's a bizarre season. I'll keep repeating it. It's a mad season. Jamie, anything and everything is still possible. And that's mad. It just tells you, like, we were just talking off air and we regularly chat about how shit we've been this season. Like, look, take away the injuries and everything else. We've been shit. Yet here we are. I, I, I'm not going to jinx it. <laughs> you know, whatever. What's well, on the clock? How long's left? <laughs> well, they can't get a win. They can't get a win now. So they definitely can't get a win. So let's say they get a draw. Worst case scenario right now, yeah? It suddenly, suddenly becomes in our own hands. And that's mental. If you asked me this six weeks ago, I would have said, Jamie, stop it. You know, your head's in your clouds again. I would have, I would have sent you all the clouds emojis and I would have told you to just, you know, and all the laughing emojis and I would have said, stop it. But now suddenly with three games to go after this, it's in our own hands. Well, four games for us, but three games for everyone else. Mental season. This is football, lads. This is why we love. And I, and I know you guys done a show the other day about why we're falling out of love with football. But there's something about this game. It that drags you back does in. It, it drags <laughs> you back in. Absolutely. Pete, we finally get to do a podcast together, mate. Belize, you're looking a well. A pleasure, a pleasure. I, I have to say, you know, you're one of those people on Twitter, like Shane Davlin, to be fair, whenever he tweets something, I kind of go, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm delighted, delighted to be here with you, and, and thanks for having me, Jamie. My, my pleasure. So so here we go, mate. Here's, here's a question for you. Is the fact that Liverpool have a chance of getting into top four a reflection on the standard of the league? Um, do you think that the league is of a, a lesser standard this year? I think the league is 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 as it always it has been, Jamie. To be honest with you, last week, last year, and certainly the year that we finished second on ninety eight points, we absolutely distorted the league, and so did, in fairness, so did Manchester City. It just <clears> is what it, what it, what is what it's always been. We've only not we're only noticing it now because we've become very very ordinary. To address the Champions League point. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. You can't look, you can't, you can't. I mean, I want it. I'm a Liverpool supporter, but we absolutely don't deserve it. You know, we've, we've just run out of steam. You know, all the injuries put, have piled up for a reason. It's very basic science. Players with broken rhythm after the break and having gone for three, nearly four years, absolutely full on, full throttle. You know, muscle fatigue, everything is leading to big, major... I mean, I, I think back to the Gomez injury in particular. I mean, by all accounts, he just crumbled, fell apart, which tells you everything you need to know. Muscle muscle fatigue, just not supporting knees and lads going. So, to answer your question, the league is, as it's always been, we just absolutely throttled it over the last three years with Manchester City and now we're ordinary again and we're we're sinking back into the ordinary pack and everything looks very ordinary to us again. Adam, you can give us a fresh perspective of us getting ourselves all excited over uh, over results going our way. This season's been crazy, hasn't it? You can't predict anything. No, it's been off the scale. Stupidity in my... I, I, what did I, I think I said at one time, I said this season's pissed. That's, that's how I looked at it. That's how it what I mean. The Tottenham beating us 6-1, Liverpool losing 7-2 to Villa. We should have seen the warning signs right there at the start of the season that this was going to be no normal, normal season. He's just, I can't, I just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Arsenal have beaten Chelsea. I'm still trying to figure that one out right now. No, Kante, apparently. <sighs> one He's player. Like players, He's one like two player. players. That, mm. It just shows you, doesn't it, uh, how key players can be missing out of the team. It's like, when we lose Pogba, uh, Touchwood, we ever lose a Bruno, 
we probably would struggle. I mean, we've seen what we were like against Leicester the other night without key players. It's very, very average. It's the same for every team, really, apart from City, whose strength and depth is just off the scale. It's ridiculous what they've got on the bench, but it does make a difference when you lose your key players. And I think nearly every team has lost their one key player this season. You could say City, De Bruyne, you guys have lost uh, Virgil. I'm looking at Grealish now with Villa, and they've got, what, three wins in 15? It just goes to show, without key players, Chelsea tonight can say it does have an effect. And at this stage of the season, when it's it's so easy for a game to just sway either way, because you're either down down and out, knackered, you don't know what's happening, your eyes are on another prize like Chelsea are. You could say Leicester in that sense, but City seen crazy results all over the place and you know what will it be different when the fans come back next season I think it will in a way because the fans coming back I think will add more pressure on the players I think a lot of teams have got away with it this year and forgotten exactly how pressurized this league can be when the fans are in the stadium and you guys more than anyone will know that when you're at home it's not the same it's really not the same without your fans your your home record speak for itself. You don't go from what you did the last few years to what you've done this year, which is a catastrophe in your eyes. I've never seen Liverpool lose so many so many games at home. But you go back to the crazy season, no fans. I think that's been the biggest thing. And you know what? It was a novelty at the back end of last season. Won it a few games, no fans. Let's just get the season won. But a full season and having to deal with a full season of no fans in stadiums, I just feel like a lot of players have took their eye off the ball and a lot of big players have done it as well. And managers have had to earn their calm this season more than any other. And some have just lost a little bit of a grip on some of their players and it's shown in the form. I think there's only us in City, I think, who've actually had five wins in a row this season at one point. I don't think anyone else has done it. I mean, you count City and you guys last year, it's a total difference. I think the big thing for me when you and I think you're right I mean you can't underplay the the impact of no fans I think the big thing for me the telling thing is the number of away victories I think teams are coming to <clears throat> excuse me teams are coming to, to to away stadiums and they're playing with freedom they're, pl- they're able to express themselves they're able to go and um, imprint their game on, on the other team without fear of failure. They're playing without, you know, there's no, there's no risk reward. They just play free yeah. like it's a training game. And I think that's definitely caused some, some interesting results. Adam, I'm going to stay with you because one thing that I want to start on, and it's something that's kind of uh, bubbled up a little bit tonight, uh, certainly on Twitter, is the news that potentially there might be another protest being planned for tomorrow's game. Anything you know on that, or you can kind of shed some light? And, and do you think there's a risk of the of the game potentially not going ahead again? Uh, I think in terms of around Old Trafford, uh, it's going to be nothing really there that's going to stop the game going ahead. I think they may be trying to hit the hotel again to try and stop the game going ahead. If they do, we're, then that's it. You guys will probably get three points. Come on. I can see you up there. <laughs> yeah. That's, a lot of United fans right now have got, believe it or not, the position we're in, a lot of fans have just gone, we just don't care. We really do not care what happens. A lot of us would accept relegation right now and just get these guys out of our football. Wow. It goes deep. And you know what? There'd be fans going there tomorrow to protest. There is, there is one organised, not 
properly, like the last one. It's not done by any of the support groups or anything like that. Must, I know, are not involved in this one because uh, they are actually communicating with the Glazers. Well, if you can call that communicating, a letter. Uh, but there are fans there that just don't give a toss how the season ends for United. They really don't. They've just got. It's just gone past it. And this Even was the if final it meant straw. Liverpool getting three points, mate. Yeah, you think they, 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 they wouldn't care, mate. Yeah. They would not care. It's gone that far with them right now. It's gone that far. And I think what we just touched on then, not being able to go to the games as much, has kind of it's dampened their appetite for the game. And right now they're just seeing a chance to jump on top of what the Glazers have done and just hammer home what's going on. There will be fans that I don't think the game is going to get called off tomorrow. The nah, no presence chance. is going to be off the scale. Uh, I've seen pictures already. We've seen reports come out that the police presence is going to be massive. So there probably will be fans there, but they will be kept at distance. It will be organised early. They're talking that the fans are going to try and get there around six. Guarantee everything will be organised from about three or four o'clock for the police and everything like that. There's no way the club are going to let this game not go ahead, mate. But the fans will still be there kicking off and doing what they're doing. And in the end, it's like I said, then a lot of them just really do not care how this season finishes for United. Trophy, top four, we're not in the Champions League next year. It is no problem for some of these guys. It really isn't because it's just gone that far for them. I have to say, based on Liverpool's record at Old Trafford over the recent years, maybe another process would <laughs> would do you some good in potentially getting the Glazers out and maybe give us our best chance of getting three points. Uh, Grizz, I, I want to come to you and, and I want to touch on a quick topic before we dive into to obviously the game tomorrow. Um, and it's one of the storylines, I suppose, that has come off the back of... United's uh, the defeat last night to Leicester. It seems crazy that we're talking about United playing last night and, and then obviously again tomorrow. But one of the storylines that's come off the back of that is Manchester City have won the league. Um, it, it Obviously, there's been a, a lot made in, in the news today. But one thing I, I want to ask you, and, and I'm keen to get both sides of the coin here from a Liverpool and a United's perspective, is firstly, what's your reaction to City winning the league? And I suppose, does their achievements become clouded a little bit because of the money conversation that always seems to surround Manchester City? Look, first and foremost, the, the kind of channel that we are, we, we want to congratulate Man City for winning the league. All right, so they've won the league. Very well fair, said. Play, fair play to them, you know. But to the second part of your question, of course it fucking does. Um, <laughs> look, when you spend, when you spend, when you um, spend so much, and and Jurgen Klopp said this. I think a, a few opposition fans sort of had a had a slight dig uh, or moan at, at Jurgen Klopp's answer when he was asked a very similar question to what you've just asked me, and he said, "Look, when you combine all the factors, a world class coach, world class players." and magnificent investment in the team. It usually, it usually guarantees you success. Um, and that's what it's done. Look, they've won, I think, I think you said it in the agenda, four, four titles out of the last five or something you said in there. Or something you read the agenda, the... mate. You read yeah, the agenda. I, I think I Look did. Look at like... this. We... Professional outfit at this stage. Like, I don't <laughs> muck about when I'm on your show. I know it's serious. <laughs> but um, I can get away with Gav, but um, but for, for four four seasons out of five, I mean that's that's brilliant. That's we're talking Man United domination levels in the nineties, right, Adam? That was very yeah, similar, and 
you know, and then the and then the jo- Jose under Chelsea. Not as I don't think it was as as much as that, but sort of that kind of domination. And and we're in the period and era that we are that Man City are the dominant force. And and you know what? In a lot of ways, guys, this is what I talk about when I talk about the disrespect towards Liverpool's title charge, uh, title win last season, and the challenging. Be- uh, previous season because we're the only ones that have laid a glove on this Man City team under Pep. No other team has come close to, to, to even sort of getting close, you know, getting within touching distance of them. So look, there's there's many ways of winning a league. No, there's a couple of ways of winning a league. One is through magnificent scouting, no injuries throughout the season, like Leicester and like Liverpool done it. Do you know what I mean? And And then there's the other way where you get a world-class, one of the all-time great coaches in charge of your club, you and you back them with whatever he wants. So, and and they've they've chosen that option. And fair play to them. Look, I'm you know I'm not sitting here bitter, but I, I, there is a slight element of jealousy. I'd like that. I'd like to have a. I'd like to be sort of supporting a club where I've got the best coach in the world and he's allowed unlimited funds so but look at the end of the day you still have to do it so fair play to them they have done if you're snacking on anything but tasty cake you're making a huge miss cake a fistful of chocolate covered raisins miss cake a spoonful of peanut butter bigger miss cake or the worst miss cake of all your kids halloween candy and it's may if it's not tasty cake it's a miss cake because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake tasty cake except no substitutes it's, and and they are the dominant team but you know Next season, I think, will be slightly more interesting. Peace, you've always been very vocal on Twitter on your praise of Man City. How do how do you react to, to the news that they're uh, deserved champions? Yeah, first of all, to be honest, everyone, as you know, Jamie, I have a lot of Ma- uh, Manchester City supporting friends. Uh, and to be honest with you, my thoughts hark back to a lot of those guys who were at Main Road when they are in League One. Yeah, some of these guys have you know been to Macclesfield and they follow the club thick and thin. And I really have to say I'm delighted for them. However, where I do take exception is well, it's really two things, to be honest with you. I've no, I've no pro- I live in Barcelona. I have no problem with um, hailing the achievements of Pep Guardiola. But I draw the line when people start talking about uh, this great philosophy of reinvention of football. I mean, if you spend close to four, well, let me be accurate, £370 million on defenders alone, uh, and getting it wrong with the likes of be- Benjamin Mendy, who not only does he get wrong as a player, but he doesn't seem to be able to handle him discipline-wise. He doesn't sometimes doesn't seem to know what country he's in. Um, you know, Nathan Aki, Cancelo, for, certainly for a while, Danilo, you know, John Stones for a while. It looked like he was walking onto a rugby pitch, didn't know where he was. I mean, people talk about this. this Mangala. Mangala. I mean, the list the list goes on, but people talk about this fantastic philosophy of Pep Guardiola. And I'll be honest with you, you can imprint any philosophy onto any football club in any formation if you spend seven hundred and fifty million pounds doing so. For example, Jamie, you and I could could go and run run a club like you know, any club and spend that kind of money. And I would expect, and we can then talk about philosophy. I think it's a bit disingenuous. If you want to talk about philosophy, particularly 
the the philosophy that Pep Guardiola was raised in. You must remember this kid, this guy was a ball boy when Johan Cruyff was at the club. So he understands the philosophy of total football. For me, if you really want to prove yourself, I mean, you look at the clubs he's been at. He's obviously been at Barcelona B where he cut his teeth as a coach. He was a magnificent player himself. Don't get me wrong. So he's earned the right to be at the top level. But if you want to imprint your philosophy, go and look for the Ajax job. You know, go to a place that fits your philosophy and show us all how good a coach you really, really are. I think this philosophy nonsense, I mean, don't get me wrong, we can they talk at, at length about Phil Foden, but that's one young player. One young player. I mean, the, the, I was going with, I wrote down a list of players that Pep Guardiola has bought since he walked in four years ago. And my, my hand got sore, to be quite honest with you. And there's far more misses than hits. As I said, fair play to them. It's fantastic. But let's not go too far with the great uh, reinvention of philosophy of football. You look at Jurgen Klopp, for example, starting a club, a club like Mainz where he was a player. You take a club like Mainz, which is a, a regional team, and you, you 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 bring them to the Bundesliga and you keep them there. Yeah, I mean, and we all know about Bayern Munich's dom- dominance. To interrupt that dominance, not just by chance, but to actually really interrupt it and then do the same in Europe. For me, that's imprinting a philosophy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm a Liverpool supporter. There are other managers who've done it. Pep Guardiola, for me, it's like it's like when you used to buy champ- uh, play championship manager and enter a cheat code and you, you take a couple of billion and you just keep buying players until the right ones fit. I don't see any philosophy in this at all. I don't see any bravery. However, he's a hipster. Everyone buys into it. Let's all pass out from the back. But you can pass out from the back when you've got the best players in the world doing, and you've bought them. For me, I, I've, I'd have more respect for him if he decided to take the Arsenal job tomorrow. Arsenal is a club where his mate has gone in, and I know they won tonight, but they're really in the toilet, to be quite honest with you. If you want to imprint a philosophy, look at what Arsene Wenger did. That's philosophy. Arsene Wenger went in and replaced Bruce Rioch, who had them playing Bolton Wanderer-style football, to be quite honest with you. That's imprinting a philosophy. There's an awful lot of bluffing and, you know, cowtown going on. A lot of it's bought as well. However, as I said, I don't want to sound like I've sour grapes. I've, I've good Manchester City supporting friends. They're good people. But let's not get carried away. This is bought. No, no, they're good lads. But this is, this is, <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with them winning things. I have a problem with calling somebody a genius when it's not quite the truth. LFC Aaron, thanks for the super chat, makes a good point. He says, if it wasn't for Liverpool, Manchester City would have ran away with the league in the last four seasons. I think that's a, I think that's a fair point and probably one of the reasons why you've seen such a big drop-off. I don't think it's sustainable for a team to to keep or go toe-to-toe to, with them for so long without that squad depth, which Liverpool have, have come up short. On. Hang on, hang on, Jamie. On, Jeremiah, Jeremiah B, I know you haven't highlighted, it says in the chat, he had the, Pep had the greatest um, players and greatest team in Barcelona's history. Let me tell you, it was it wasn't Pep that gave Leo Messi his debut. It was Frank Rijkaard. Frank Rijkaard's team was, to be honest, with you, the beginning of that, and then Frank Rijkaard was moved off, off to the left. So I take exception to that as well. There's an awful lot. Pep is one of those lads, and fair play to him, just in the right place at the right time, learning from the right people. But I'm sorry, Frank Rijkaard was there first. Sorry, guys, but that's the truth. I'm going to come to you, Adam, because I'm going to ask you a bit of an awkward one now, um, and then we'll we'll move on to Liverpool, Manchester United. A lot of the, the time when you you kind of throw the the money question at City fans, the response that they get back is, "Well, Manchester United have spent over a billion." 
that seems to be their default response. Um, is that unfair that that's the card that they seem to pull when people question how they have bought their players? Uh, you guys know. <laughs> you guys know. Uh, Manchester United generate their own money. That's why we were bought by a businessmen and not a toy boy. That's basically what it is. Manchester, the guys who came in and bought Manchester City were there to try and take Manchester United down. They want to be the best at everything. United was seen as the biggest prize. Why they came straight in and sat right next to Manchester United by buying Manchester City. They wanted to topple Man United. They want the best of everything. Manchester United paid their way. Yeah, we're in all sorts of trouble financially right now, but that is another story. We all know about that. But even now, we're in a worse situation and we're still having to buy players for the money that this club has earned. Because let's not forget, the Glazers put nothing into Manchester United. We pay our way completely. We pay stupid wages. Another story again. But when they say that we've bought the league, uh, they say they're just doing exactly what United did. It, we know it's complete false because everything that United spend is what's generated through the club. City have gone around it. They found loopholes. We all know what they did with the stadium naming rights just to get money. It's they've, they've done it cleverly. They've done it cleverly. And I'm not taking anything away because the area around where that new training complex is at City now was abysmal. It was horrible. And they've used local trade lads, local products, have not imported anything. They give a lot of jobs and they've tidied the area up and they do a lot for the community. My work is not a million miles away from where they are. I'm not going to take that away from them. They have done a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, they've done an awful lot. But in terms of the club and what they've spent, it's what, and the stat says it all, it's like what the Glazers have took out of United, Sheikh Mansour, has put in to Manchester City. So you could say there's an air two and a half billion swing in terms of what the owners have done because the Glazers have taken 1.2 billion out of Manchester United and Sheikh Mansour has put about that amount in to Manchester City. That's the difference. And you know what? The guy wants to come in and spend his money and completely change a football club. That's for him to do. We're all unlucky that it's they've chose Manchester City. Well, we're unlucky as United fans, that they chose Manchester City. But no, it isn't their money. The money that they've got now, they are generating their own money now. Yes, I understand that. But it wouldn't have happened without that massive investment. And we all seen how many players they bought in. They bought a new squad pretty much straight away. They did very similar to what Abramovich did at City. Uh, Abramovich did at Chelsea. And I, it, it's like you're saying then, there's, there's been so many misses. They've just basically bought and bought and bought and bought until they've got it right. And the only reason Pep Guardiola came in to Manchester City is because he knew he would get everything he wanted. Otherwise, his philosophy would not have worked. It would not have worked. He had his full team. It's, it's not a philosophy. It's directed He needs every. He needs. I mean, all the best tradesmen, all the best sportsmen, everyone who's at the top of their game has the best tools. Pep Guardiola is no different. He needs the tools. Everyone does. And when you've got that many good players in your team, it's easy to put your philosophy down. If you put a Mourinho and a Pep Guardiola, say a, a Southampton and an Everton, mid-table Premier League teams, Mourinho would come out on top, guarantee it, because he would find a way of winning games where Pep Guardiola needs everything at his disposal to play his style of football, in my opinion. 
that's that's the difference. I think their money pretty much has got them where they are now. It's it's the way it is. There's nothing we can do about it. They're playing great football. We're not taking that away. But when they try to throw the history side of it at you, then you just have to laugh it off. That's all you can do. So look, Jamie, Jamie, just to just to sort of slightly balance it out, actually, with my weight. I'll actually go above Pete and Adam, <laughs> but I know they've, I know they've gone a bit, look, in my opinion, I think they've slightly gone a bit too harsh on Pep. I think because Pep admits it, Pep has admitted it. He comes out and he says it, look, I need money to buy good players, but for that, I will guarantee you success and guarantee you entertainment at the same time or the, or, or playing the beautiful game. So look, He's not the only one who's had unlimited funds in the past. Many great coaches have had money to spend. Jose Mourinho, I read somewhere, has the most money to spend sort of in his career as a, as a, sing, as a, co- as a single coach. Yet the football that Jose Mourinho's teams play compared to Pep's. Yeah. So he's not the only coach in history that's had millions and millions to spend. So you have to credit him. And he, and, and he does prophesy a way of playing that not only is successful, but it, to me, it's the best brand of football that I've seen. For example, that 100-point season um, which, uh, for City was, was, for me, one of the best seasons in terms of quality from a single team that I've ever seen. And I'm saying that as a Liverpool fan. So, look, I, I, I totally accept and I agree with the majority of your points. I just think, from my point, there should be a slight bit, a bit more respect on Pep Guardiola. Oh, you're right, Grizz. You're right. I mean, Pep was a player at Barcelona, um, and Barcelona is a, very much a club alongside Real Madrid that is used to having exposure to uh, the availability of the best players in the league. So, if that's your philosophy, if you buy me the best players that are available, I will deliver you the best football. I just don't see the genius that that requires. To be quite honest with you, and um, whereas I look at someone like Marcelo Bielsa, who by all, for all intents and purposes, has taken a punt on eight or nine uh, journeymen, to be honest with you, and a couple of promising, tough, young, fit lads and told them, you will run your arse off, you know, regardless of what you... I mean, there was a couple of quotes there about one of, one of the lads not even knowing why he was doing so much running. That's a philosophy. That's a philosophy that I can kind of say. It's not related to the most expensive. It's related to I will get these guys into a shape where nobody will outrun them. You see what you seen what they did at the weekend to Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur decided that they wanted to play Gareth Bale, Son, Deli Ali, and Harry Kane in the same side. And Bielsa rubbed his hands together and just went, Yeah, you want to empty out your midfield, I will destroy you. Because my philosophy is outrunning out your midfield and Heiberg was completely swamped. That's a philosophy. Pep's philosophy, and you're right, is buy me the, the best and I'll give you the best. LFC Aaron makes a point. He's sending in another super chat. You need to keep your money to yourself, mate. You're going to be skimp by the end of this show. He's sending loads in. Uh, as much as I like this, uh, dislike Mourinho, I respect him because he's done it with and without money. Uh, Pep hasn't done it at Dortmund or Porto, which is, a, I think, is a fair point to make. Yeah, now, and he won't. Aaron is right. He won't. He won't take that risk. The next, I mean, Pep will look maybe to a Paris if he if he leaves someone that will guarantee him the resource if he doesn't decide to take the Spain job you know it, 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 it's he will be he will want the guarantees I don't but Aaron's right 
So I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you, Grizz, right? Because uh, we're half an hour in and we haven't even spoke about the game tomorrow. So we should probably do that, I would I would say. So I'm, I'm going to start by uh, one topic, actually, I'm keen to get your opinion on. There was a, a lot made on social media about uh, the game last night, Manchester United versus Leicester, the result. But more importantly, the selection by Manchester United. Um, I Before I come to you, I'll actually say, I think, Liverpool fans having a moan is outrageous at this stage. Uh, I think more of the issue would be Liverpool losing six home games in a row. Uh, that would be where I think we should be throwing any type of blame. Certainly not uh, Manchester United or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. What's your view on that? It was refreshing to see Klopp's comments on it today as well. Yeah, no, I totally um, echo what you said. And I said so as well on, on, on sort of Twitter that, you know, first and foremost, blaming or moaning at Man United for selecting the team they did is absolute bonkers. Like, we're the reason why we're probably not going to reach Champions League football. Not the selection of Man United against Leicester. They were forced into this. Um, Jurgen Klopp said it today. Um, and I hope opposition fans sort of heard him because obviously he's been getting a lot of stick this season as well for things he said in the media. But he clearly says that he said, I would have done exactly the same as Ole. There's no chance of playing the same team for three games in five days. Is it Adam? Five, three games in five days, yeah. something like that. He yeah. goes, Sunday, up- Tuesday, Thursday. Crazy. <laughs> so he Crazy. says there's a- so he said there's absolutely um no chance of, of playing the same team. Um and it's not Liverpool's fault, and it's not United's fault in terms of the players and the coach. And so therefore it's pointless blaming them. Again, it's the Premier League's fault that the way they've done it. I mean, most people, including Sky, Man United, Sky, Chris, Sky made this decision. Yes, yeah, Sky and the I mean, in, in, Sky in conjunction with the Premier, Premier League. League. But it's but it's in conjunction with the Premier League. Uh, they, they we, you know, team, we, they, there can be a stance taken from both clubs in this scenario because I think most both teams thought it's going to be played, um, replace the West Bromwich game where we where we, we could have sort of moved that yeah uh, that game in the weekend. Um, yeah, Klopp, Klopp hinted at it in his conference today. Yeah. yeah, subtly, but he kind of leaned away from the Premier League and leaned into Sky to let Absolutely. them know this is a television decision. Yeah, so it's it bonkers trying to it's, it's bonkers blaming the selection, even though you know he took the piss with it. But he's entitled to. He would have absolutely. I think he would have done the same regardless of. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Who the other team was that it would affect it. So it just so happened it happened to be Liverpool. And obviously Liverpool fans take that personally. You know, that's natural as well. But it, it's not, it, it's, it's, you know, any team you know, with a squad like that. And if you think about it, he played mostly his squad players until he got to the top. The only one that was surprising was um, the young fella, what's his Diallo? name, Adam? No, no, Diallo deserved it. Diallo's one Alanga. of them. Alanga. Alanga, that's the one. Yeah. He's the only one that sort of um, raised a few eyebrows, like who the hell is this kid? Like the mm. rest were his squad players. So he's absolutely entitled to pick whatever team he wants. It all comes down to Jamie, and I know you, you want to get into it now. It all comes down to us doing our job tomorrow. That's the difficult bit. <laughs> Adam, 
what type of game can Liverpool expect tomorrow? Because in theory, you know, United have pretty much got second place sewn up, I think, at this stage. It's a little bit of a, a dead rubber. Uh, not that Liverpool-Manchester United games can ever be described as a dead rubber, but in terms of meaning something for your season, in terms of where you'll finish, you know, there's not that much hanging on it. What type of game do you think we can expect? I think it's going to be a good game, mate. I really do. I think it, there's just that little bit of bite to it now with the result tonight. You know, Liverpool are going to come and play and we all know when teams come to play against United, that's when we see the best of our team. It plays right into our hands. The fact that the big guns were all rested as well uh, and that, looking at it now, is like a normal week for us because we will have Sunday, Thursday. It's what we've been used to the last uh, two months of the season. So this plays right into our hands in a way. All depends on how Holly sends them out. And Holly is Ollie. Like you said, he's a United player. He's a United manager now. He knows what this game means. He knows what it is to the United fans. And he needs the fans on board more than ever right now with everything going on. So we're getting a game tomorrow, lads. I'm telling you, it is going to be a good watch. I guarantee it because... There's no way United are going to ease off. Ollie won't let them. And he'll be he'll be just wanting to, I can guarantee it with Ollie, he'll be wanting to just have one over on the media and all the pundits that have been going in on the team selection yesterday just to say, there you go. I don't really care what you guys think at all. This is what, like Chris said there with Sky, you know what, there's no fans going to the games. Why couldn't we have organised this game to be played at the right date? You know what I mean? And they're the ones who've done this. Uh, United are not bothered. United went full strength against Villa, knowing that that win would pretty much seal everything. And then they went, we don't care about anything else. That's it. We're just going to play the game against Liverpool with the strength. And Leicester are the ones who got lucky in all of this. Uh, they swam the channel. But in terms of the game, I mean, it's Liverpool United, fellas. It's never going to be dull. And you guys, actually, if you win, then it opens things up again because it's Chelsea against Leicester. The next game, the dropping points, someone's dropping points. So if you guys win, then you see everything opens up again. That's why the game is important. That's why we're going to get a game tomorrow. United will know this as well. United will know this as well. They're, we're hampering Liverpool by not letting you guys get into the Champions League because that means the bigger players may not go to Liverpool. They may want to go to United who are in the Champions League. So there's a bigger picture. There's a lot riding on tomorrow that people are not taking into consideration for everything else that's going on. And going on that team from yesterday, De Gea, seriously, Matoff, Champions League, Matic, Champions League, Bayer, we've been shouting for him to start all season. Greenwood, 7-7 seven seven in the league, should be going with England to the Euros. It's not exactly a weakened team. And that team did a lot better than the first team did last time we played Leicester as well. So... <laughs> No one would have been moaning if it stayed 1-1. They only started kicking off when the result came in because no one was moaning at the start of the game. So, yeah, they can all just... It's what it is. You do what you do to protect your team. And no one would be surprised if they'd been in a manager's position for what Ollie did. And I don't think any manager has come out and moaned about it yet. It's only the idiots like Richard Keyes and Andy Gray on their foreign channel, whatever they're doing now, and the likes of Trevor Sinclair, Muppet. Uh, they're the only ones moaning about it. So, no, for me, he did the right thing. I was expecting it. We did all right for a time, but Leicester realised that they had a chance in the second half and they, they went for it. Uh, but that's just the way it goes. You guys have been there yourselves. It's what it is. 
it's what it is. When you throw that many games together, that close proximity, something has to give. It was the Leicester game, unfortunately, for everyone else. But that's why tomorrow's game is going to be an absolute doozy. I guarantee it. Stephen Dunn asks Adam, which goalkeeper would you like to start? And this is this is one I, I you know, from an outsider looking in, I've always found interesting. Obviously, Henderson backs himself. He's he's on big wages, I believe. You know, they yeah. very much kind of put the money behind him. Um, De Gea, I still think, has a lot to offer. Uh, made a couple of key saves. Where do you stand on this one? Is it very yeah. much Henderson's shirt to lose now? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I'm a centre back. I played at centre back for all my football career, and I understand. It's not about a centre-back. It's about two centre-backs and a goalkeeper. Now, David De Gea can make some brilliant saves, but our defence play better with that commanding goalkeeper behind them. It comes as a package for me. So I'm not discrediting De Gea, but I know Dean Henderson will run through a brick wall if he needs to. De Gea won't. And that's why I pick Henderson, because I think he helps our defence play better. And yeah, he may not have as many shots to save, but that's because the defence is doing the job. Do you know what I mean? De Gea had four seasons in a row where he was player of the season. The alarm bells should have been ringing there. The defence wasn't working right. So for him taking the glory, and I'm not discrediting that at all, he was our best player by a mile. But with Henderson in, we've seen a difference in our defence. We've seen us go from 11th best defence in the league in terms of goals conceded to third. Since Henderson's come in, he just helps the defence play better. And that's why I pick Henderson, because everything just looks calmer. That's all it is. Do you know what it is? And you, you said it as a centre-back and I, I moonlighted as a centre-back. was more of a midfielder, but I moonlighted a few times. And there's one thing, OK, great shot stoppers, fantastic. You know, But there's one thing about consistency from goalkeepers that if that ball goes into that problem area behind you, you know you don't need to worry. It's their zone. Yeah. They'll just take care of everything. And I think that's what Henderson certainly has over, over De Gea now. Grizz, uh, I want to come to you on Liverpool. Um, and I suppose one of the things that's going to be dominating the lead up to this game, and in my personal opinion, I don't think we could handpick a worse opponent uh, for what we're going through at the moment in terms of we've now got uh, Kabak is now injured for the game. Uh, it looks very much like Fabino is going to be starting at centre-back. Um, my honest opinion is, uh, look, if you lose Henderson and Fabino out of the, of the midfield, midfield, Liverpool are a, a, a different side. So I think that causes us problems, particularly if you look at the way that we adopt a high line against Manchester United, it's, it's, it's potentially going to cause us problems tomorrow. What are your thoughts on how we could potentially line up with Fabino slotting in at centre-back? Um. Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I don't know which way we go because, as you said, if we put Fabinho centre back, then we lose oh so much in midfield. He's the legs. He's the brains. He's the engine. The lighthouse. He's the press. He's the pre- yeah. He's the lighthouse. Just basically. Um. <clears throat> but Jamie, there's um, and I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it with my chest. There's no way we go to Old Trafford and win with the kid Reese Williams at the back. Does, uh, uh, you know, miracles, yeah, it's a bizarre season, yeah. All of that, but we don't. He had an absolute shocker there in the cup, basically gifted them two of the goals. He's a kid. The the stress, the pressure, the mental pressure he'll be under to go and play up against, in my opinion, one of the most underrated forwards of recent times in Edison Cavani. Um 
um, will be too much for me. I, I can't see us doing it, even though it means sacrifice the light, lighthouse in midfield. We must, we must put Fabinho because we've got no other choice. Um, Davis is injured as well. Just, just, just to say his name, I, we, we're yet to know if he really exists, but we, we, we know. He was in a Quorn advert the other day, Grizz. So he definitely does exist. They did a, a the club did a Quorn advert. Yeah, someone, someone, someone said to me he's he's, he's got a Quorn, he's 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 Quorn his muscles, so he won't be playing tomorrow, which was quite funny. <laughs> but look, um, I, we've got to say his name because on the box it says we've signed a player called Andrew. What's his first name? Even lads, Andrew Davis, <laughs> Ryan, Ben, Ben, Ben. All right, one, yeah, close. But look. If you'd have uh, read we, the agenda, you'd have known that. We, we, uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we bought Ben Davis in the hope that he may be sort of our Claven type, but unfortunately he's picked up a couple <laughs> of niggling injuries as he's gone along. And look, I don't think we, we're going to ever see him in a Liverpool shirt. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've got to go with Fabinho, Jamie. We must. That's my opinion. Pete, there's, there's one thing, and I know we, me and you are, are kind of cut from the same cloth in how we, we view football in, in a lot of ways, particularly around leadership on the football pitch. And, and one yeah. thing I, I think that Hammer ho- it will emphasize the Fabino loss even more is the fact that it looks like James Milner probably won't step into midfield uh, tomorrow. Um, I think what James Milner brings in terms of um, leadership, uh, standards, a bit of bite. I think when we actually played at Old Trafford, um, in the cup, he actually came in for that game and he decided to lay a glove on Manchester United and he had a bit of bite about him. The midfield's going to be a worry tomorrow with, with, with you know, if we do go for Bino at the back, you, you could be looking at a very lightweight midfield. Yeah, to be honest with you. I mean, I do, similarly to Grizz, my my nightmare is obviously, I mean, Solskjaer will definitely, definitely start Cavani because he will know about all of the uncertainties we have at centre-back. And you hit the nail on the head, Jamie, to be honest with you. I mean, you look, even look at the team that started against Southampton. No leaders. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know everybody leads in a row. Andrew, people are going to say in the chat, Andy Robertson, yeah, fine. You know, lead by example. You know, likes to get people go Fabinho, you know, doing what he does. But no, nobody to grab it. When the standards are dropping, nobody to grab it by the balls and say, listen, lads, this isn't going well. Nobody to, to jump in, you know, with a strong challenge, you know, almost unnecessarily to lay down a marker. There's just no one there. You know, and I, I you know, I, I think about United, being at home, thinking about them really being determined to get one over on us. I'm worried about, yeah, really worried about the middle of the park. Worried about Edison Gavani showing the world why he's a world-class centre-forward still, to be honest, with his movement. I'm a big fan of Nat Phillips and what he's done. But I can see I can see him getting a chase in tomorrow night. Cavani is just far too experienced, far too tough in the air. They're going to try and target us there as well. Don't get me wrong, Phillips is great in the air, but it's not about his aerial prowess. It's about the movement. Cavani's movement is just off. I mean, I, I, I tweeted about charged. it the other day, Pete, and, and, and Adam, you, you'll know it, know it as a centre back. You know, you, you feel like when you watch him play, you learn more about the foot, uh, about the yeah. game of football. He's, he's so smart. It's the little half spaces that he allows himself. He, he basically orchestrates those around him exactly where the ball needs to be played. You know, he must be licking his lips and, and you must be as well, Adam, you know, looking at potentially who Liverpool would be playing at centre back tomorrow. He, he, he could be in for a, for a good day. Yeah, mate, he is that good. It's ridiculous, mate. He came into the season for us and he'd not played for, I 
three or four months uh, with everything that was going on at PSG. And we didn't see the best of him. It took him a bit of time to get going. But the amount of goals the man's got of his head, you know, it, it reminds me so much of Mark Hughes' style playoff. You know what? Not lightning pace, but you used to know where Mark Hughes was going to be. And the balls always used to go to him because they had that mm-hmm. signature. And you can see players like Greenwood learning off him. Yeah. Because until Cavani comes on in some games, you just haven't got that man there who needs to be there. He's more he like Sheringham, Adam. He's yeah. more like Sheringham. I mean, I look knows, at it. it. Yeah, the Sky, the Sky commentators, and who was commentating on the game? They were almost writing him off when he was playing in a game. I can't remember who it was against. They were saying, geez, he, he's, he's standing there doing nothing. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang. Could have been against Villa. Yeah. Just came to life. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know? Adam. Do you know what it is, Adam? Sorry, Pete. Sorry, Pete. No, you're all right, man. Adam, what I was going to say is I was more jealous and um, jealous about how much he's going to teach Greenwood and Rashford mm-hmm. than how much damage he's going to do actually himself. Because he's in his latter days of his career. He's, he's, yeah. he's in his final. He's, he's, younger final he's younger than Jamie Vardy. Yeah, but in this league, <laughs> it, does, it does catch up with you. You know, it, it does catch up with you fast. Um, and don't get me wrong. As I said, he's one of the most underrated strikers of recent times. He has elite movement. And I said it. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. If they if they can, if they play him instead of Martial, they will easily easily challenge. Luckily, yeah. you 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 guys carried on with Martial for quite a bit, as you said. And I was Norman, so, started, so Norman was, said it there. It's great to see Norman said it. And it's, you remember the Southampton game where United were two 0 down, yeah. And Cavani was running around with his hands in his pockets. It looked like that fella was just sussing things that he knew he was yeah. about sixty percent fit and like a snake, just bang yeah. bang. The rub off he's going to have on Greenwood and and, and Rashford is yeah. going to is going to work so much wonders for your the future the other, of your strikers. The other game that he did it in as well, guys, was the against your uh, your boys Everton uh, yeah. in the yeah. uh, League Cup. He was nothing. He was the one player who wasn't shining, and then out of nothing on the edge of the box, game one done. That's what your striker. That's that's how I rate a striker. It. You can do what you can in your movement and everything like that, but you've got to be able to back it up when we need it. And when no one else is providing, you know he's just going to do it. He did it against that's Spurs. Confidence. That's yeah. confidence. That's confidence because, Adam, how many strikes? I was the same. I was the type of centre forward that I felt I had to run around a lot yeah. because I felt that sometimes I might get three or four chances. I might I'm, I might miss them all. But I felt if I was beating fellas wide, if I was... I, I would look like I was having a good game. Cavani's that confident in his own ability that he knows. He only needs yeah. one chance. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. He's he's been that good for us. Uh, it's I mean I think he's on, uh, I think he's on fourteen goals now, and his goals per start ratio is I think up there with the best. He's a leading goal scorer in the Europa League. We've, we've hardly been in it. I don't know <laughs> where it comes from. I mean, he, he just absolutely oozes confidence, and like you said, he's just not bothered about not being in the game because he knows. And it was a ball in last night uh, against Leicester that Bruno put in that was probably two yards too fast, but he lost Sionchu in a split second. <clears throat> and if that ball was a foot lower, it would have been 2-2. And he was on for, what, 10 minutes? He'd already seen what he needed to do and he found the space. He, he's just an absolute brilliant striker. And like you said, underrated, definitely. 
a, a midfielder and a winger's absolute dream. Grizz, I, I want to come to you on, on, I suppose, potential starting lineups for tomorrow because one thing I was thinking about today, I was like, right, okay, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if Milner is going to be out, how can we potentially uh, set up the midfield? And uh, like, it's kind of a survival of the fittest uh, type thing at the moment in do we go four two three one and just unleash the 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 four lads up front and play Ginny and Tiago sitting um, and just say, look, we need to win the game. Let's go hell for leather. Or like Adam said before, you know, the fact that we're going to be playing a high line, the fact that you've got pacey runners up top, is that going to play into into United's hands? How would you how would you look to start the game? So look, you're right. Uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, you've got to have a body count and see right who's ready, who's fit. Who's the fittest? Um, I think Milner's out. So that leaves Caters out. So that leaves the options in midfield to be Ox, Jones, Fabinho, Thiago, and Ginny. If we're assuming, and I think we're all in an agreement that he's going to put Fabinho back, he's surely not going to put Reese Williams um, into the firing line. And again, you know, I'm I'm pretty certain he won't. If he does, guys, I'll be shocked and amazed. And um, I can't see us winning. I can't stress that enough, honestly. But so we're assuming Fabinho goes in the back. Me personally, Jamie, I don't think Curtis Jones is in the form has been playing enough to be thrust back into the team in a game of this magnitude. If he had a bit of rhythm behind him, then you could say his the only appearance he's had was a couple of minutes at the end of the Newcastle game where he didn't look great. And that was on the back of him being out for a few games. Um, Milner would have been the obvious choice. Ox, again, it would be one of those Naby Keita in Leipzig, um, Naby Keita in um, Real Madrid moments where he just pulls out Ox from from the blue and puts him into a game of this this stature. Um, So I can't see him doing that either. Which leads me to believe, and which I would do, is go with the with a double pivot of Ginny and uh, Thiago. Play a deeper line. Play play the Man United way. Play Man United that was, that at the was my next game. No, yes. we've got it, mm-hmm. Jamie. But Jamie, look, we've seen this Man United team, and Adam, I know, will agree because Adam's a football man. <laughs> man United haven't been the Ferguson Man United gung ho, two wingers, man for man at the back, all out attack. They've been touched on, that. At, touched on that. What Grizz, Grizz just said there. Uh, Pep Guardiola had a horrible record against uh, us last season. Uh, so, what did he do? This is the Pep Guardiola, the play one way. He swallowed his pride and he sat deep. And we could not lay a glove on him. At both yeah. times at Old Trafford, we couldn't score. I think we had two shots on target in two games. He just sat deep. Yep. And waiting for United to make a mistake. But this is exactly goes back to my point about let's put some respect on Pep's name because he doesn't know when to change it and how to change it. But Ole has got a great record against the so-called big teams, attacking teams, because of the way he plays. Now, mm. I want Klopp to adopt a different strategy. Now, I know, Jamie, we've done shows where we've discussed Jurgen Klopp has been very stubborn in the way he's refused to change the style. Well, look at Pep. Look at Ole. They've changed their styles, adapted accordingly. Tomorrow is a game one-off. It won't affect Klopp's philosophy of playing for the rest of his Liverpool career or his managerial career. Tomorrow or the last three, four games are one-offs. 
So we've got to stop thinking about long-term strategy and this is how we're going to play, this is how we want to play, or this is how we want the players to be developed into. No, we've got to play the tomorrow's game for the sake of tomorrow's game. And it's cup like football. Cup final. Yeah, it's, it's become cup, cup football. Yeah, Jamie, it, you know, we know Jurgen Klopp likes to play a high line. We know he, he, he emphasises on pressing. We know he likes to play his team, you know, sort of man-to-man at the back, regardless of what the personnel is. Tomorrow, we've got to play like Man United. I hate saying that. I, I genuinely hate saying that. We've got to play with Man United's strategy of sit back two dogs of war in midfield, even though they're not, but Ginny can. And Thiago, just look, stop making Thiago cover fullbacks. Just put them in. No, honestly, Jamie, it's, it's honestly. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't get me started on, on that. And you then, know my exactly. On that. And then let our four, because let's not forget, they're going to be without Maguire, Harry Maguire. Now, he may be the butt of jokes on social media, but he's an organiser for Man United. He's, he's vital for Man United. It's right? the consistency piece as well, though. As you said, yeah, he's an organiser. But he's, Adam, you'll be able to tell me. Like uh, He's hardly missed a game. He's pretty he's much been the... Yeah. Changed 90, 90 minutes, 90 minutes of every single Premier League. He's only got over 100 games for Man United. He's only been here last season. Yeah. <laughs> this is how much he plays. This is his first time he's missed or not completed 90 minutes since he's been at Manchester United. Do you think some of the criticism of him has been unfair? Yeah, it has. Like I said, he's he has made mistakes this season, but he's grew into it and he is becoming more consistent. He has been playing better recently, but it's his organisation and his presence in there. And he's one of them players you don't know he's you don't know what he does or how much you're gonna miss him until he's out. And we're about to find out. So we're praying that he can be back for the final because that little miss is just, I mean, you guys know straight away with Virgil, and he's not on the same level as Virgil. I'm not getting carried away with it, but he was the one who dictated things from the back. It's no wonder that everything, the chat, a chart came up on the Villa game at weekend for us, and it's Maguire-like. Aerial duels, passes, balls, everything won. First, 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 first. That's because he's the commanding defender at the back. He demands the ball off the keeper. He's always the one that sets the ball rolling. He always goes for the ball, attacks the ball first. He is the one who goes for everything and organises everything. And that's what you're missing. Yeah, he may be slow. He may get caught out by certain strikers. We know that. And that's what we're looking to rectify in the summer, hopefully. But without him, you lost a lot. You've lost a lot of presence. You've lost a lot of organisation. And for you guys, if there's one player that you guys need to play, who is an Achilles heel for us, it's Jota. That guy, absolutely annihilates us every single time. So was, yeah. He, uh, we hate the guy. We hate him with a passion. <laughs> he always does us. And he's the reason I hate Wolves. <laughs> as simple as that. He's the reason. But that is something different for you because we're not played. I don't think we've played a Liverpool with Jota in the team yet, have we? We've not played against good. United. Yeah. Uh, and we've already played twice this season, haven't we? So he's missed both games, if I can remember. It, someone like that, someone clever like that, normally a Maguire would be able to handle that type of player. But without Maguire's organisation and seeing that style of attacking play, because we know what the other three are bringing, Jota's a different animal altogether. And that's the difference. That's when you've got that little bit of something else that a Maguire may be able to pick up and organise, where a Baye definitely wouldn't. He's good for pace and keeping up with players, but when it comes to thinking, that's He's Maguire's really game. Good. I think that's it. It's a great point that Adam mm. makes because uh, I suppose when when you play and 
that that dominance piece, and you used to see this uh, with with Dejan Lovren. He used to try to be the dominant centre back, and it used yeah. to end in tears all the time. Whereas, <laughs> you know, you look at uh, Harry Maguire, you know consistently he's going to go and win that ball, and everyone else in that back four takes their shape off him doing yeah. that. So yeah. him yeah. just not being there would then would would create problems. Peter, I want to come to you on Liverpool's forward line tomorrow, mm. um, and Adam touched on it there in, in bringing Jota into the conversation. You know, there's there's a, there's a train of thought that obviously Liverpool have, have struggled this season because ultimately their spine has been uh, been removed for the best part of the season. The other chain of thought is that defensively we actually haven't been that bad after obviously the the injuries, but the fact that our strikers aren't taking their chances. With that in mind, uh, what would you go with tomorrow uh, in the in the front area? I'd I'd go with movement. I'd go with Jota. I'd go with Mane, and I'd go with Salah. I mean, Salah. To be honest with you, it's Luke Shaw is a worry because Luke Shaw gets got Salah's like, number. Yeah, to be yeah. seems to have him in his pocket. Um, but if for nothing else, to keep to try and keep him busy, uh, Jota for ov- obvious reasons moving in and out. The temptation because we need to win would be to play Firmino in a withdraw uh, in a in a deeper role as well because. Again, you know, with the it, it sounds a little bit bold, but that is the temptation. I mean, I think Firmino's future is more withdrawn anyway, but certainly across the front, I'd go with the three small lads. Definitely. I know Mane's not on form at all. I know he isn't. This is what I'd do slightly different, though, Pete. And, you know, I wonder what your thoughts are, guys, as well. Jamie, as well. Um, I'd... I'd I'd relieve Salah of of wide right duties tomorrow. Play him through the middle. Put him through the middle. No Maguire. Um, that'll keep them very very busy. And I think Mane against Shaw because Shaw will be hundred percent expecting to play against Mo. He's mm. he's at Mo up last two three times. Let's be honest. I'd and 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 as Adam says, Jota has a knack of scoring goals against Wolves. Um, against United for Wolves. And where did he score those goals from? Wide left. Mm. Every single time. Bobby, just to keep um, um, McFred, as they call them. Is that what you always call them? In it? Yeah. For the Liverpool, for the yeah. Liverpool listeners and viewers, they, won't, they, they might get confused. Like, who's this, who's, who's this new Scottish player for, 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 for United? But it's they call um, McTominay and, and Fred McFred. Bobby, just keep, keep an eye on them. Keep them busy. I think that's the way I'd go. We've got to be brave, lads. There's no point turning up tomorrow and playing like we've played United for the last three years. Like we've been by far the better team every time we've played them in terms of where we are in the position and form, et cetera, et cetera. Yet we go there with a mental block every single time. And it's a, you know, it's a, it becomes a, it becomes a scrap. It becomes a boring game, it becomes a nothing game, you know. We got to go there brave, Jamie, 100% in my opinion. As you said, a cup final, toe-to-toe with them. And, you know, we've got, if we go toe-to-toe and we get them to play, because as Adam says, I 100% agree with him, they will be up for it. But they won't be as up for it as we should be. So therefore, we go there and really, really take the game to them. 
I love this point from Dan Bailey, and I think he's exactly right. He says, transition is where it's won and lost tomorrow. We've been very poor in that area this season, and Manchester United are very good in transition. I think that's been the story. Like you said there, Grizz, it feels like whenever we played United, we've played quite well in the fact that we've used the ball well. But Manchester United have been so quick to exploit that one area, which has always seemed a bit of a, a problem area for us, which is direct ball into the, the into the channel behind Trent and what would be... Reese Williams potentially tomorrow or Fabino, and the, you know you got the, lax, uh, the likes of Rashford pulling wide into that area, break quickly, and, and and all of a sudden Manchester United have got us on the back foot. So that that is well, the area. Be, it's going to be interesting there as well, guys. Is you've got another issue there in that Paul Pogba is going to be on the left tomorrow as well. So we'll have a target man and someone who can hold the ball. And that transition that you said there, that's why it's working because what Fred and McTominay have done is much as the critics have been on them they have hey don't forget the johnsons are coming over i want to find a rosé jill hasn't tried yet let's go exploring at total wine their prices are ridiculously low wondrous selection helpful guides always low prices total wine and more breed up paul pogba and give him the free role that he likes to play so with them protecting the defense pogba's responsibilities are less and all he's doing is damaging because he can just, I've never seen a player hold on to a ball like what he does and the strength he's got. And he takes two or three players out of the game. And that's where I think United will be key and where they will go. Pogba will take players away. And it depends how attacking you guys are because he's a target man as well. And he can then feed the likes of Cavani, Bruno and Rashford going forward. And that's, I think, where United should win the game if if it is going that way. That's our aim. You see the battle of this is where the battle of the wills and the battle of the tactics step in mm. because we'd love when we're flying, right? Trent and Mo can destroy any left side of any team in world football. And if Pogba has a day where he doesn't feel like tracking back, then you're in trouble. Mm. I know he he's not ordered to, but there is an element you have to because you can't totally rely on McFred to be covering both sides because you've got to remember. We're not shy to attack from the left with Robertson and Mane either. Yeah. When we're flying. So we've got when when we're in form, we've got the best quartet of fullbacks and wingers, in my opinion, in world football. In terms of normally most sides in Europe or most sides in Premier League have one side where they concentrate their attack. For example, like you've said, your your attacks are always down the left, right? With Pogba, Rashford in that area. So I think it would will come down to sort of Brave, braveness on the ball who, without who the ball. forces yeah. the issue and more, and who forces yeah. the issue more, hundred percent. So that's what makes mm. it really intriguing. See, yeah. the, the the interesting thing for me when I look at this game, so I look at a couple of things, and a lot of people are saying in the comments about uh, Trent's ability to go beyond Pogba and, and maybe Pogba's reluctance to to track, and and I think that's totally fair. But I suppose because this isn't a normal season, and I say that as in Liverpool's spine is missing, a couple of things have happened. So to get Trent forward we have to have a high line. To have a high line, we have to have players that can have that high line. And if you're going to be having the likes of a Reese Williams and a, and a uh, Phillips against United, I don't think that high line necessarily works. So are you going to then ask Liverpool to drop off five or 10 yards, which my personal opinion, I think we should against Manchester United. Um, I think we're more than good enough to keep the ball and create chances. Um, 
I think we look to adopt the model that we used at City um, when we played away at the Etihad and we played the front four for the first time in that we just try to create madness at the top end of the field. That doesn't necessarily mean overcommitting from fullbacks. That's just trying to get the ball into the four, the, the four players and keep them all high. As you said, Maguire's the leader. He's not going to be there. Let's try and look to run in behind um, and, and try and stretch United, but just don't take too many risks at the back I think with the personnel that we've got missing I, I just think Liverpool need to take their medicine and just drop that five uh, extra five yards um, and, and and try not to give away silly goals and um, I think Peter's has gone out for, for for a beer in Barcelona there by the looks of it so I'm not sure we're going to be able to get predictions from him but I want it before we come to to uh, go around the room for predictions one thing that I wanted to mention to you Grizz is the news today that Virgil van Dijk will not be going to the Euros. Just wanted to get your reaction on that before we wrap up, because uh, I don't know if, if you're like me. I was I was surprised by the news. I was expecting a bit more of a, um, a tug of war between club and country. Um, no, I was, I wasn't surprised. Um, I, I, I was, but I was, but I'm happy. Nevertheless, very happy. Um, it's so vital from a Liverpool point of view and a selfish point of view that that Virgil van Dijk is not rushed back. Um, and obviously he won't be rushed back, but if he was sort of, sort of taken to the, to the, to the uh, Euros, he would have been under so much pressure uh, to, to, to sort of play and commit himself because he's the captain as well. And I think the, the, the fact that they've done it so early, Jamie, that they've decided nice and early, yeah. like, as you said, you expected it to sort of, you know, carry on like sort of closer to the time. The fact that they've done it nice and early, I think relieves him of the pressure. And now he can totally focus on getting himself fit because Jurgen Klopp mentioned today that, you know, he may not, there's a risk. He may not even be ready for preseason yet. So he goes, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a 50, 50 chance. So if that's the case, there's absolutely no chance he was in any condition to go out to Euros and be expected to play every three days of a, in a tournament of that magnitude. So look, it made sense for all parties. It's absolutely disappointing for the player himself. Um, he hasn't been to a, a, um, a major tournament as captain for, for his Dutch national team. So it would have been an absolute honor for him. We get that, but, but look, he's got the world cup to look forward to. And, and as long as he's fit and able to go to that, you know, there's, there's something for him to look forward to. Yeah, I think with the severity of the injury, look, Virgil van Dijk has still got a, a a lot of football ahead of him, you know, to try and rush him through. I think Klopp makes the point and he makes it perfectly. You need to be playing competitive games, um, you know, and, and Virgil is nowhere near that. And and I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm as guilty as this as anyone. I see a Virgil video go up on Twitter and it's like, you know, all my Christmases have come at once. You know, the, the love I have for that fella at this stage, I think I love him more than my own kids. But um, yeah, I think when... Uh, when we see him twisting and turning on the training field, that's when I'll start getting excited. He's starting to move a little bit more freely. But look, let's let's wrap him in cotton wool. Um, he really is the main man. I think he redefines the way that the the, the centre back position is played. And, and Adam, you mentioned before about transitions. You know, Virgil mm-hmm. Van Dijk as a centre back, and I think it was Mikel Arteta. I've touched on this a few times on podcasts. Made a great point about Virgil Van Dijk, particularly when you're comparing the likes of the impact Diaz has had now versus a Van Dijk. 
both fantastic defenders, but the one thing that Virgil van Dijk has is he can uh, he can turn defence into attack with a sixty yard ball into some somebody's feet, um, and you know to to have that back in in our team will be uh, will be worth its weight. Stability, yeah. stability is the key word there. It gives confidence to the rest of the team to go and play their game when you know you're solid behind. You can't go full throttle when you know you've got one eye on what's happening behind you. It affects. It affects the game and the play. And this is what I was saying at the start of the show. When the big players are missing, every team is going to struggle. There's no way you can perform to the same level without the best players. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to... Pete, you're back with us, mate. Um, I'm going to go round the room and get some predictions before we wrap up. Um, Grizz, I'll come to you first. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Um... <clears throat> I think we draw one one. I think um I think it'll be um I think it'll be a very even game. Um I just don't think we've got the stability, sorry to use that word again. I just don't think we've got the stability to sort of concentrate just on solely attack. We've got to have one eye on a weak defense, and so therefore, you know, my prediction for tomorrow unfortunately is one one. One one. Pete. I think we sneak it 2-1 there with them winning it for about 70 minutes a penalty from Bruno and I think we, we'll have no choice but to go for it and somehow we'll turn it around to 2-1 Good man bit of optimism here you go Adam take the stage mate <laughs> Yeah Bruno's getting a penalty tomorrow just to wind the world up <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 3-1 United I agree it's going to be tight but I just feel we're going to get that breakaway when Liverpool push at the end uh, we won't keep a clean sheet, pretty certain of that. Uh, but I just feel like Cavani, Greenwood to come on off the bench, Bruno on form, Pogba on form. I think we will. I think we will get goals because Liverpool have to come and play. That's why I'm going with that simply. For for what it's worth, I am not going to sit on the fence. Um, I am going to say that Liverpool win two one. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know who the goal scorers are going to be, but I've just got a funny <laughs> feeling that uh, Liverpool might surprise a few people. And be, being Liverpool this season, I fully expect us to go to Manchester United, win, and then still manage to throw top four away. So I'm not going to I'm not going to count me chickens yet. Um, I just want a, a couple of housekeeping bits before we wrap up and, and a, a quick shout out. Um, Jordan Banks is a young little boy that lost his life uh, in horrific circumstances yesterday. Young Liverpool fan um, out playing football um, and, and was tragically killed. Um, so I just wanted to send our heartfelt condolences to him, his family um, and anybody affected by uh, by his unfortunate death. Uh, terrible news. And, and as a parent, I can't imagine what people are going through. So everybody sends their, their best wishes. Um, couple of things to to share just on day trippers housekeeping bits um so in terms of the website um as i mentioned on on every show we are trying to make the website a place where everybody can share their opinions um it doesn't matter what that opinion is what that story is that you've got to tell if you have one send it to us at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and we will get it up on the site and uh, we want it to be as i said a, a voice for, for for the many uh wherever you're from if you support liverpool and you 
you've got a story to tell, please let us know and we'll get it up on the site. Um, next thing to shout out subscribers. So we are fast approaching 10K on YouTube now um, and we will be giving away a PS5 and FIFA 21 to one of our subscribers. So when we hit the 10K mark, um, please do... Uh, let your mates know if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Uh, we're building a hell of a community here. And as you've seen from some of the comments tonight, a real uh, knowledgeable bunch as well. So tell your mates to get involved. Let's get that subscriber count up. Uh, it really does help. One other thing, and I suppose not everybody knows, when it comes to likes and comments on videos, the way that the algorithms work on social media, every like and every comment will help the video get shown to more people on YouTube. So if you have any feedback, good, bad, send it in to us. Um, look, we aim to get better all the time. Send it all in. Send us your likes um, and, and we'll get better off the back of the feedback. Your support is very much appreciated, so please do keep it coming. Now, final thing to shout out, footballprizes.co.uk. Um, if you would like a signed and framed Trent Alexander-Arnold journey, it's only six ninety five to enter. There are 99 tickets available and the offer ends next Wednesday at 7.30, so make sure you do go check it out. Adam, uh, for those that don't know, did you want to tell everybody a little bit about your YouTube page and, and where people can find you, mate? Yeah, pretty much. If you put Adam Matic into any sort of search engine, you'll see my ugly mush come up. It's Adam Matic TV on YouTube, uh, Adam Matic 31 Instagram, and Adam Matic on Twitter. Just You'll catch me there, guys, wearing the old green and gold. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and Pete, you were doing a little bit of serenading the other night, mate, on Facebook Live. You had the old uh, guitar out yeah, there. I was watching yeah, it. There's, a, there's an organization on Mersey. Sorry, I'm covered in baby vomit. <laughs> there's an organization on Mersey. <laughs> oh, <Sunday. no. laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's an organization on the, in Merseyside called the Inclusive Hub. Um, so you know, I don't know if any of you know Blue Nose Bob on Twitter, the bunch of Everton fans that run it, but it's basically providing um sporting facilities and training facilities for, for people with disabilities, both mental and physical. So, I uh, just went on to do a bit and, and give them a shout out, to be honest with you. And it is a cause, you know, not everybody does it all over the country, but they're doing it so so well. So, I'm hoping you know for them that things will grow. You can, you can, you know, they, they don't ask for handouts. What they do is they they sell T-shirts to keep it going because obviously funding is 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 a challenge with the NHS. So anybody you know gets a chance to have a look at uh, the inclusive hub. I know they're Everton supporters, but they're good people. So please have a have a look at what they're doing. Good man, Pete. Grizz, any final thoughts before we let you go? Yeah, just look. Just wanted to wish um, everyone celebrating Eid tomorrow a very Eid Mubarak, uh, which translates to Happy Eid. Um, in case you think, what does that second word mean? Um, but yeah, um, anyone celebrating, um, have a great time tomorrow. Um, but also sort of put in a prayer. Um, uh, if you believe in a God and if you don't have positive thoughts that sort of all the, all the people that are sort of, um, going through so much distress in, 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 in the, in the Middle East, in Palestine there, um, you know, put in a prayer for them as well. And hopefully we, someday we can sort of have a, um, peace and unity around the world but all we can do is pray and hope if we can't do anything about anything about it physically so i just want to put that out there as well 
Good man, Grizz. Great way to finish, right? With that, thank you to Grizz, Pete and Adam for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Big thank you to everybody watching and getting involved in the chat. You're all very sound uh, and we really do appreciate it. You make every show that we are involved in. So with that, I hope you've all enjoyed the show. Make sure you look after yourselves. Stay safe and we will be back with you next Wednesday on the Midweek Fix. All the best. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Sports Social Podcast Network.